Welcome to episode 208 of Saturday Football Uncensored, brought to you by Saturday Down South and Texas Pete. On today's episode, we preview week 10 in college football, talk a little Connor Stallions, talk a little Tyler from Spartanburg, and we welcome on Caroline Fenton from SiriusXM, 1025 The Game in Nashville, and Locked On LSU to help us break down the big LSU-Alabama matchup. You can find this show on our website, SaturdayDownSouth.com and Apple and Spotify. Don't forget to join us for the live recording of the show every Sunday at 8 Eastern time on the Saturday Down South YouTube page. Go share the pod with your friends. Looking to expand the pod, and you guys have done a great job with that so far. And now, here's the show. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Saturday Football Uncensored, brought to you by Saturday Down South and Texas Pete. I'm your host, Tyler Huck, and with me as always... Well, hold on, what's this guy's name? What's this guy's name? Tyler? Tyler, let me tell you something right now. I've already had enough. I've heard enough out of you. I've heard enough out of you. Okay? I've got one degree. It took me six years to get. Okay? I. You're part of the problem, more than anything. You're part of the problem. You sit there with your bald head and your snarky attitude, and you think you're better than everybody because you got all these nice half zips. And I'm over here wearing my new favorite shirt from Smack Apparel. Smack Apparel. Don't talk smack. Wear it. That's not their catchphrase. But let me just tell you something. Tyler. Tyler. Oh, yeah. I've got all the drops now from Dabo. Yes. If you got a problem with that, I don't care. <laughs> he said it's everything he said sounded like the most like toxic ass boyfriend imaginable. Let me tell you something right now. Let me tell you something right now. You walking out there showing your ankles, showing your ankles off to the world like a whore. I, I don't care. I like, like everything he said was so bad. <laughs> I ain't going to let some smart ass kid get on this phone and create this stuff. Dude it was like a, a fucking late twenties war veteran. And he was he was telling me he was a kid. It, oh my gosh! Let should we just we should probably start with that. We have a massive show, massive show, massive show. There ain't one thing in my life that I've ever failed at, Tyler. Never, <laughs> never. <laughs> Tyler, Tyler. <laughs> All right. Maybe we should start there. Yeah, let's oh. do it. Tyler from Spartanburg. Set the story. Set the background here. If you if you don't know what we're talking about, it's because you have a life, for one. Two, yeah. um, so I like I was talking about this today on the Spurs Up show with with um Chris Phillips. It's kind of amazing that coaches still have call-in shows. And this is a call-in show that that Clemson has with Dabo Swinney. They have it every week, I guess. And it was on Monday night, right? Uh, yes. Yep. Monday, Monday night, just your typical call in show. Um, and you usually these things are like either like actual coaches or like friends yeah. of coaches or just like people within the program that make these calls. They try to lob softballs at these coaches. So stuff like this doesn't happen. I don't know that. Yeah. A lot of it is very manufactured, at least from, I was actually listening to, they were uh, talking about it on a Florida state podcast. I listened to guys that are actually on the beat and cover the team. And they were like, it reminded uh, everyone of the Jimbo thing that happened. Like, where's the loyalty Jimbo? <laughs> and they said, usually they would have like plants in the crowd that would be like, 
we'd be like off of a 30 loss, 30 point loss to BC because the team yeah. completely gave up and be like, Jimbo, so how about that wheel route you called on uh, third down? What a, what a hell of a call there. Could you break it down? <laughs> it's like we just got smoked by BC. <laughs> yeah, this was, um, this was not that. So, no. And, and like we're not going to play the whole call because the entire audio is like 10 and a half minutes, right? I do have I the full it was a, call. What's that? I do have the full call that's about two minutes. I don't know. We don't have to play it. The full two minutes? Yeah. His full no, call. Not, not, Dabo's, not Dabo's response, just his phone call. Okay. I'm trying to think of how we should do this. We probably should have gone over it beforehand, but we don't. that's not our yeah. style. Um, I think the, the how many people have actually made... heard the call is my question because I the first thing I heard was just the Dabo response, and I was right. like, holy shit. Well, <laughs> like, first thing first thing I saw was just the the t- like the blurb and the tidbit about it on Twitter. Yeah, and it right. Didn't yeah. do it justice at all. It was no. like not even close. And I, I <laughs> like, like it looked really bad. It, it sounded really bad. Like it sounded like he just went off on this on this kid. You didn't know how old he was. Dabba over. He 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 cut off the question, and then you kind of you you hear the full response he gave. Didn't think it was that bad, especially the first minute and a half. I didn't think it was that bad. But the question basically that the, the kid posed that, that like got all the the publicity of it was. He said, we're paying you $11.5 million a year to go four and four. Explain to me why we're doing that. Yeah. And Oh, he I mean, started off like, hot, though. He was like, Coach, I appreciate that you're a man of faith, but you kind of remind me of Tommy Bowden, and we are not. We never paid Tommy Bowden what we pay you. That was how he started his question. Now, yeah. if I was the call screener, I probably would have shut it down then. The call screener, between <laughs> him... There wasn't a call screener, I don't think. Or her, whoever it is. Between that person and the person, like I don't, I don't know what's worse, that or the person that was like, "Hey, Nick Saban, you should go on national television and seemingly beg for a spot in the playoff at halftime of a game in the Big Ten Championship on a network that hates the SEC and hates almost everything about what you do. You should go on there and do it. What's the worst that could happen? What?" Mm. <laughs> what bad real bad real bad um also one of our one of our listeners jenny i don't know her last name i think there's a hyphen involved so i kind of trailed off and fell asleep in the middle of it when i was trying to read it um she's on twitter as noel hottie as you do Hmm. which i thought i mean that's kind of fucked up that she stole that from you for one I, well, that used to be I had that account, and then I switched it once this thing became uh, started taking off. I thought it should be a little bit more professional. That's smart. Yeah, that's smart. I yeah. appreciate you doing that too for us. Yeah. Um, but her her name, we she texted me this whole situation. She was like, you know, you know, it would be funny is that if there was just like a weekly award system of like who's fucked up the most this week in a press conference between Dabo, Jimbo, and Shane Beamer. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> like. Like that, you want to talk about the big three of shut the fuck yeah. up? Those those three are constantly putting their foot in their mouth. Anyway, we've we've, we've strayed away from the, the main thing, but like let, let me play some of the clips because here, here's again, like the guys made a comment about Dabo, and he's like, "We're paying you way too much to go four and four. I mean, all of that I think is seemingly fair. Dabo's response, I thought, was kind of pretty measured for the first minute and a half. The problem is he let he he was able to go on for five minutes and eighteen seconds, explaining 
his thoughts on this stranger who's who's yelling at him. And it so quickly became like the the dictator, the dictator who's like starting to get like, you know, the, the masses are starting to grow a little bit upset because there's yeah. a there's a famine or whatever that's going on because he his comment was like, he's like, you're part of the problem. You're part of the problem. And I am a man of faith. And then it, after a minute and a half in, it just got so unhinged. It got so unhinged. He started off making great points like, you know, Clemson didn't have any success for 30 years before we got here. And, you know, we won. One. Ain't sniff one, Tyler. Ain't sniff one. You think Danny Ford ain't had a bad year? You think? I don't even know any other coaches from Clemson. But you think they didn't have a bad year? Hold on. He's going down that list. He was like, we've won 10, you know, 12 straight, 10 win seasons. We've won two championships. Y'all ain't sniff one. And then he's like, you want the job? Oh, I work for the AD. If they want me gone. I'll get out of here. Apparently, I, I didn't listen to the rest of the call show, but apparently, like, further in the call, he was like, you know, 15 years from now, I, I don't even know if I'll be here. Uh, but, you know, he's if I am. Yeah. <laughs> he's, just... he's such a bitch. He... Did you see my tweet about time is a flat circle in college football? No. I don't follow you on Twitter. Oh, uh, well, I'll tell you, tell you what. If you guys want to follow me at home, it's at Tyler Huck. Uh, I tweeted out, college football is a flat circle. I cannot wait till Texas A&M fires Jimbo after this season and then hires the 2017 version of Jimbo, Dabo Sweeney. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's like spot on. There's so many parallels. Like, this type of shit started happening towards the end with Jimbo when he felt like the team, like they lost their culture. That's what's happened with Clemson. If you still look at their power ratings, they're still power rated in Vegas as a top 15 team. That's insane. And you go back and look at the NC State game, the box score. There's this guy on there's this guy on Twitter that does like how I know you're going with this. Be the team. Yeah. Clemson actually beat the shit. If you were to look at a box score, you would have thought Clemson crushed NC State. Same against Duke. Same against yep. Florida State, and well, not as bad against Florida yep. State, but like the yep. Duke thing, like and, and what yeah. Tyler's talking about is like it's like this linear, right? Is that how you said it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so and it's like here's it how bad the difference. If you can pull it up, yeah. So it's like basically like how bad did we get beat? And part of it is like okay, here is a like like think of just like a straight line, right? And so it'd be like Georgia versus Florida, and then Georgia would be, you know, on this on this like it's like, like the fuck around and find i don't know how to, how to fucking explain it's an xy axis curve or uh, like i can't i'm done i'm fucking done i'm not gonna say another word because i don't know what i'm saying i'm gonna try i'm and find really it. struggling with with math right now we can we can uh once i find it we'll put it up uh on the youtube so you can actually see yeah. what the hell we're talking about the bottom line but essentially is the, the, yeah. the box score would have you believe that here it is i finally found it god i was i was panicking there yeah i couldn't say words uh, all right, share screen. Bang. So the guy on Twitter is Stato War Parker Fleming. Oh, yeah, Parker Fleming. Yep. He does a really good job. He's super into the analytics stuff. And if you're into that, he's a great listen. If you're not, it might go a little bit over your head. But essentially, the people on the very right of this chart, did we it's it's net success rate. So it's net success rate. Um allowed and given up and Boise State actually did beat the shot of Wyoming they, they had right. the most dominant win Clemson actually way out NC State like to the point where they they probably should have easily won the game and yet they it, lost out of all the games that he's done it like to, to put this like to paint a picture for this Tyler like 
it like think about like all I can think of is the fuck around and find out thing, right? Like the the more you fuck around, the more you find out. Like that's where you know how that that whole chart mm-hmm. is, right? Yeah. So it's it's kind of similar to that, but like the line that it's showing that like the baseline is where it's each team was even. So for instance, South Carolina, Texas A&M, very even in that game. Miami, Virginia, game that went to overtime, very even. Like the, t- the two teams are very close together. Then you start drifting yeah. And it's it's Georgia, who's who had so much more of a success rate than Florida. Auburn with way more than Mississippi State. So just to paint that that picture for you. Then you go to the other side, and it's like, hey, here's here's the teams that dominated and somehow lost. Maryland North, and, and Northwestern, Oklahoma and Kansas. And then the very far end, the very last one, or the very first one, however you want to look at it, which means dominated the entire game and somehow lost in, in like horrific fashion, almost impossibly, is Clemson and, and, and NC State. And what's wild about this is this is the second time I've seen them in, in two of their four losses this year where they were the very first team because of what they did against Duke and how right. how much they dominated that game. So that's kind of what also what one of the things Dabo's saying about how, like, well, you know, like we, we, like we could win these games and blah, blah, blah. Like it's not as – they're not as close as he thinks they are. But back to the back to the actual quote. His whole thing of saying <laughs> like he'd never failed anywhere else, and, and he's part of the problem. And and, and he kept saying this. He kept D- Dabo kept saying he, the expectation is is more than the appreciation. And when he said it, it hit me. As somebody that grew up in Stone Mountain, Georgia, and I don't mean anything negative by this at all. This is just the the area that I grew up in and the familiarity that I had. Have you ever been to a black church? No, I have not. Okay. Love that you paused when you said that. That's going to make a great sound bite. Um, but like in a black church, a lot of times the, the, the preacher or the pastor will say stuff very dramatically and emphatically. And it's usually around, I'll tell you what, have you seen the Medea movie? Because there's like, there's, you never seen a Medea movie? No. Bro, I saw Medea goes to jail in theaters. It was fucking hilarious. Um, I'll have to but, check it out. Yeah, you have to check it out. Dude, Diary of a Mad Black Woman is a phenomenal movie. Um, but he makes this like a lot of times, like, like black preachers will make this point where th- they will say stuff and it's like a catchphrase or a tagline, right? Almost, almost like the other way I can think of it is like something that a high school workout facility would have posted on the wall. Like it's like this one line and you, and you're just going to bang it yeah. home. And he just kept doing that. It was like, the expectation is more than the appreciation. Okay. Everybody's there with me now. The expectation. Right. Every and all I can think of the entire time was he he thinks in his head when he says it that there's just gonna be some old lady named Fannie Mae just like waving a fan in her face, going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just it's it's so bad. It's just so bad, but I'm so glad that we get not just four more weeks of it this year, but I, do they lose to South Carolina? Oh, oh that would be bad. Yeah, um, we've been too much time on this already. We have. Uh that I could see Dabo like in his head seeing like, oh, okay, so this week we'll beat Notre Dame and then the Clemson Twitter account will post expectations met or something like stupid. Oh, dude, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so too. Um, All right, uh, Connor Stallions. The story just gets weirder and weirder. Um, <laughs> we know that this case is currently under investigation at Michigan, but then last night in like the middle of a snowstorm, Central Michigan was playing who? Somebody. It doesn't even matter. And basically, like, Twitter, like, I think Josh Pate, I don't know if Josh Pate started it, but Twitter started picking up on this guy that was on, keep in mind, it was a night game. Yeah. It was snowing. 
Then there's this guy on Central Michigan sideline that has on like Ray Bans, the Ray Bans that have like the little camera in the corner of them. I he was, wearing, he was wearing them all game, and then after the game, like it was addressed by Jim McElwain, and he was like, "Yeah, we don't, we don't know who that guy is. We're looking into." It. So, so everyone's like Connor Stallion does that again because I guess what does Michigan play one of these teams that was in the game last night? Michigan State, yeah, they played them last oh, week. That- they beat them forty nine to nothing. Was it Michigan State that was playing last night? No, Michigan State was playing Central Michigan, the, the thing that he was at, that they're assuming. Yeah, all right, yeah, let's yeah. backtrack for a second. Here's how all this broke down. You've seen all this stuff about counter science and the potential Spygate rumors or whatever. And this is so funny because this is this is one of my favorite things to see in sports is the hypothetical, right? Because Bama's not involved, so we can talk about it. Yeah, and, and this guy really, is this his real name? I want to know that first. Connor Stallions? He better be fucking hacking if his name yeah. is connor stallions i'll tell you that right now and i from all the looks of it he is not <laughs> he's like he, and he wrote a manifesto. No problem not a lot of people with 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 big dick energy writing manifestos i'll say it um yeah so he he had <laughs> this is already a great show um he had like like the, the more the, like the layers that come out i just kind of thought from the beginning i'm like this is so stupid this is there's no way this is like like the the stuff about the Shane Beamer thing in Tennessee, and and then I started looking into it a little bit more, and and I'll be honest, man, I kind of hate the fan in me hates how much the Tennessee thing makes sense. It kind of <laughs> does. I, also, I mean, like, yeah. I don't want to fan the flames. I, I mean, I do, but like, I don't, I don't want to feed into that for Tennessee fans. But like, it kind of makes sense if you think about it. Like, they yeah. did score six points against Florida the week before, and then put up sixty three against one of the best teams in the country. Like pretty tough to do um but even if that's not real like all the stuff that's come out from it like michigan has blatantly cheated they've blatantly cheated and and i again i don't want to hear anything about oh every team does it well you're the idiots that got caught like you're the idiots that got caught and it blows my mind that the big 10 hasn't come out and done anything and and i was gonna talk about this in the next segment we talk about the the cultural rankings but i'll I'll bring it now because it pertains to it one of the weirdest comments last night from the cultural rankings was the cultural playoff chairman saying, yeah, we didn't factor in any of the cheating scandal in Michigan's ranking. And I'm not saying they should have or should not have at all. That's, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is very odd to me that he said that because he said it's an NCAA issue, not a CFP issue. And if that's not the most, I don't know, ask your mother mentality about it. Like, dude, do you think the NCAA is going to do anything that's like in general – for a blue blood program that is in the middle of a national title hunt. It's, it's just the whole thing gets more and more pathetic from the incident or from the Michigan standpoint, cause you you're cheating. Like you're going to, we have proof that you have gone to games and filmed stuff and yeah. you're playing the 111th ranked strength of schedule to do that. How fucking like down bad do you have to be to cheat, to beat fucking Rutgers? Like yes. how, I mean, I, so the Connor Stallions thing comes out and it, it is a, like the theater of all this is so good because there's a picture and it loosely looks like this guy, right? Like he's on the sidelines. Yeah. He's got a beard, but he's wearing these sunglasses. And I'm like, this is, this is not real. This is not real. It's not good. This there's no way this is real, but it's so funny. They reach out to central Michigan to see if they can notify or they can, they can address who the person is and, and, and like, like tell the masses basically like, no, no, that's so-and-so. Even if central Michigan does know who it is, I'm so glad they haven't said anything. Now, yeah. like there's two ways to look at this. 
if they don't know who it is, that's astounding. Like the fact that they can't yeah. look at the sideline and be like, oh yeah, that's that's Henry. That kind of says something. But even if they do know who it is, fucking kudos to Central Michigan and Jim McElwain for not saying a word because that is like, like <laughs> you can squash it immediately. And he's like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Guess we'll have to do an investigation internally and see, you know, what's going on here. Right. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait to see how this story. Co- I, like, I feel like there's something else that is going to come out that's just hilarious, like soon. Yeah. Um, but that's the best part about college football, dude. These, this directly relates to on the field stuff, but I just love like the off the field nature of college football. It's, there's nothing like it in any other sport. No. Also, like, think about this, assassin. Yeah. Come on. Was that? Pole assassin, we're a year removed exactly from a uh, pole assassin. He posted uh, on Halloween night two. when. What? what? Oh, did you freeze? No, maybe I did. I don't know. Um, okay. She posted a picture of her Halloween outfit, which is a lot. Um, but no, I, I think the the whole thing with uh, the whole thing with with Connor Stallions and 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 like. The reason why I'm kind of buying into it now is that like Josh Pate did post something about it, and he's like, "Dude," and he and he zooms in. He's like, "Look at these glasses." Because I, I saw Jack Mack say something from Barcel, and I I'm, maybe I'll get off this at some point, but it still pissed me off what he said about the Florida coach and baseball this summer and how fucking off base that was. So I'm not gonna trust anything he says. But Josh Pate brings it up, and he's like, "Dude, look at these look at these wayfarers that he's wearing at night, yeah, well past dusk, and there's a blue light." It's not, it's not like there's a blue light coming from the glasses and you can see it the entire game. And then it's like, he goes, let's not even get into the fact that he's wearing Nike shoes and central Michigan is an Adidas based school. Oh, so that's another thing, which I think yeah. might be the most damning part of it. And he goes, and then look at his, look at his clipboard. He's holding a clipboard on the sideline. There's nothing written on the papers. There's just nothing on the paper. <laughs> so the whole thing. And then, and then the best thing I saw from this entire thing was somebody, somebody on Twitter took both images, right? When they put the one picture up of, of Connor Stallions, then they took a transparent image of the <laughs> face and slowly put it on top of the other one, and it fit perfectly. And you're like, there's a Pruder <laughs> film like technology that we're going about with this fucking half-baked assistant from Michigan. It is I just I love it so much. I love it so much. It's so good. It's you just don't get this in any any other sport. No. Uh all right, you want to talk about the college football rankings? Uh, yeah, for a second, then we'll get into the games. I'm sorry we've, we've taken so long. This has been a fun show already, though. Yeah. Um, I The only problem I had, and some of it's just going to be my own personal bias that comes out, but... Oh, boy. Committee comes out and says... They essentially tell you that schedule really mattered yeah. with Ohio State. That's why we put them number one. And clearly... <clears throat> They could have used the eyeball test and and said, yeah, we we think Michigan's been so dominant that Which they've done in the past. Yeah, um, but instead they they and I I would have thought they would have had probably Georgia one or Michigan, but once they established that they were using resume and like your best wins as a marker, it doesn't then make sense for to me that they would put Florida State at four. No, like if you're gonna slide somebody, then slide Michigan down. They have beaten no one. No. Like Georgia, like okay, they don't have any ranked wins at this point. Like they played a team when they were ranked, but you know Kentucky, like they were saying Kentucky and Florida are their great wins. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, like 
Oh, I mean, are those great wins? Like they didn't call them great, but yeah, they they showed the best two wins each team had, and yeah. that was one of them. And I was, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Like, like if you're, all of this is going to work out for you, yeah, absolutely. Gonna They're going to play their their schedule. They, but like this is one of the things I said last week. Don't tell me about them beating number twenty six Florida. We've never ranked the top twenty six teams ever, 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 ever. Right. Right. Okay, like so that part is stupid. The other part is like, well, okay, hold on. If we're talking about the fact that they have they beat their best wins are five and three Kentucky and five and three Florida. Eh, okay. Yeah. And like, like look, but, with Georgia, like they're still gonna play Missouri, Ole right. Miss, and back to back. so like yeah, in Tennessee too. So it's like they're that will come for them. But like when you establish that Ohio State, it's like, oh, they have these great wins. And then you like, and I could still understand Georgia because they're they came in the back back champs. I could, I get it. Yeah. But but Michigan has played even a worse schedule than Georgia. And look, Florida State's two three of their or two of their three best wins have kind of fallen off because Duke QBs pretty much, yeah. and and then obviously Clemson has kind of just fumbled the bag here. But um. You still have that LSU win, and then the, and then the commissioner for the CFP uh, committee was like, "Yeah, that was just earlier in the year." It's like, oh, so now it matters when you play a team, right? Like we just forgot that Florida State d- destroyed LSU and held the number one offense in the country to seventeen points before garbage time. Here's another thing that I really liked about this too is that they they brought this up. They they said, you know, um, oh boy, hold on. They they brought this up. And they were like like I, I, they they talked about how it mattered that that Ohio State played Notre Dame on the road and got a win there, and then they also beat Penn State. I think I love all that. I love all that. I agree with what you were saying about Florida State. I did love the fact that like and this is something that hit me yesterday. People keep doing this, and and it always cracks me up. It was like it, it just the, we have these rankings, and it just shows everyone's personal agenda so much because. Like not from the rankings, but from fans, because fans will come out here and say, "Oh, well, like I saw one last night, a Bama fan. Ohio State hasn't played anybody. What? They played at Notre Dame and won, and then they played Penn State at home. And then one of my favorite things that happens. Oh, well, so and so could have beat them. Well, then why didn't they fucking schedule it? Like, yeah. I guess like there was a Michigan fan I mentioned the other day about uh, talking shit about about them being able to beat Bama. And all I could think of the entire time was, okay, well, I guess I guess we'll have to wait and see because. What you did was schedule the 111th ranked strength of schedule in the country as of right now, and you don't play a ranked opponent. You're the only team in the top six that hasn't played it or beaten a ranked opponent yet this season. Okay, not not just hasn't beaten one, hasn't played one. Okay, yeah. then you talk about the fact that it's like, well, they they like they would be able to beat this team, and that, and the, this team's not even that good, and it's like that win. So what they've been doing for Florida State for the past month, Tyler, is saying over and over and over they barely beat Boston College. Boston College won is won like three games in a row. Yeah. Right? Like they're gonna they, go to a bowl now. They're probably gonna go to a bowl now. They've beaten three games in a row. And then the committee chairman last night said he goes, that it's you know, they also were playing in the red bandana game, which is a really big game. And I thought that was very, very interesting because yeah. it's like, man, they did they did barely beat so and so, but it always cracks me up when we have to start getting to the metric of well, they barely beat this team. They they won. They won. Yeah. And I mean, uh, well, we won't have to get into that, but no, I mean, every, on, every, we will. We will. Yeah. What what has Florida State done in the game since then? Uh, they've barely allowed any opponents to score in the second half. They've they're top 
10, I think, and both offensively and defensively in terms of, you know, the, the metrics, maybe top 15 for defense, but they've been really good. They've been crushing opponents. They've won every game by like 30 points. Yeah. Okay. And, and look, every team, I feel like every year, the, the top four teams, they all go through a game that, that shouldn't have been a struggle. Right. And the good ones pull it out and the bad ones end up getting upset or not bad ones, but just the, the not the elite ones. Yeah, I think Florida State's in that top tier. It seems to me that the playoff committee is viewing Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan as maybe a further tier than they are at this point. Yeah, which is fine. I well, and mm-hmm. I I do like the fact that they I I kind of like the fact they're breaking it up into tiers in terms of I I can I could somewhat understand if you're Oklahoma why you'd be frustrated since they beat Texas. Texas beat Bama, so they're ahead of Bama. Oklahoma's somehow a spot behind both. Like, okay, okay. Um, The loss to Kansas. Kansas, you have ranked in the top 25, so doesn't really help your case. I didn't have that much of an issue with anything I saw outside of – I I like what you're saying about the FSU part. I get it. Um, I don't know why FSU continues to get, like, zero – like it's fine like, just win your games you're not gonna yeah, get left Florida State doesn't have they can't they don't have the luxury of losing a game so yeah they're they do have the luxury know, of playing they, the ABC, Tyler. that's yeah that is fine so but no the only issue i had I, I didn't like the fact that usc was still ranked that that was stupid but but i i looking at the way that everything was scheduled or like I'm sorry, laid out and organized. I, I totally understood the whole thing about like like I love the fact that Mizzou is ahead of LSU because they only have one loss instead of two losses, so they should be ahead of of LSU despite losing to LSU. Um, I like the way the committee did that with tears, and then I also like the fact that like when you talk about like how how you really shouldn't overreact, and it's kind of it's like in our best interest that people do overreact. It's what we do for a living, but more so than I think in any years past, it's very very clear this is all going to work itself out because. Everyone seems like they're going to play each other, and it'll all be fine. So let's get into some games. Let's do it. Uh, where do you want to start here? Well, we got Caroline coming on in 10 minutes, so let's get to at least one game before then. Um, let's see. You know, why don't we start here? I think this is a pretty interesting game. Or is that stupid yeah. since it's... No, 12 p.m. on ESPN. Yeah. Texas A&M at number 10, Ole Miss. Ole Miss currently a three-point favorite. Uh, at home, total is 54. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ole Miss is in the thick of the SEC West race. They have Georgia next week. Um, they've lost or they've won four straight since they lost to Alabama 24 to 10. Yeah, it's hard to say the defensive numbers look a lot better since um, the beginning of the year, but they haven't exactly played a juggernaut of offenses over the last three weeks Arkansas, Auburn, and Vandy. Yeah, uh, so I don't know how much to really put into those numbers, but. One thing that they have done is, you know, we were talking earlier in the year about how it was just crazy that they couldn't run the ball. Right. Considering they have Judkins. And over the last three games, they're averaging 228 yards on the on the ground. Uh, actually, that's in the last four. Uh, they're third in the SEC in total offense. Um, A&M, to me, is I, – I think they're more impressive defensively than offensively. Oh, yeah. Um, they lead the SEC in total defense. They're third in scoring defense. Um. What's your feel on this game? So I think I don't think this is a hot take by any means. Um, hold on, this is Caroline. Um, I don't think it's a hot take by any means. I think this game will speak more volumes about what 
or where Lane Kiffin is the head coach this week than I think next week against Georgia will. Because, and I maybe that sounds stupid because they're expected to lose when they go to Georgia. Here's what I here's what I really really like about about this game, for A and M standpoint. A and M's got nothing to lose. They're supposed to lose this game. You're on the road. The fans might not like it. Like it if you go on the road and lose your fourth game against a, a ranked opponent in the top eleven or top ten. Yeah. Um, you know. But here's one thing that I I haven't really understood from Kiffin. I thought he learned his lesson after the game against Alabama, and that is. He kind of went into this whole thing for that entire week where he trolled Saban. And we love to see it, and we think it's funny and all that kind of shit. But at the same time, it didn't really work out well for him. It didn't seem like they were very focused. Three years, including this one, the last three years, we've seen Ole Miss start the season 6-1 and or 7-0 and and then fall off the map. 2021, they didn't really do that. They went to the Sugar Bowl. They had a 10-1 season with Matt Corral. I think this Ole Miss team is, is more similar to those teams because I think they have that more gritty leadership from from their quarterback position i think like jackson dart is a is a fucking gamer right like he's he's going to like put his body in line he's a very very good leader he's charismatic he, he kind of like takes on some of the personality of his coach but not too much well um i i don't know why say or why kiffin has come out and started talking all this shit i don't get it i don't know why he would have done that yeah i i think i can i know why he does it against Bama because he knows he knows that it gets directly to Saban, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, and he just thinks that that's funny. Um, maybe he's just really confident in this game. I don't know. Well, You're right. I mean, you think you'd you think you'd want to back off that after how it worked out for you last time, only scoring 10 points against Alabama. It also I I'm just not realizing this is gonna sound stupid. What are you doing? No. Just fixing my headphones. Oh, um, but like I just not realized too. I mean there is a big difference between trying to get into Saban's head versus getting into Kiffin or to Jimbo's head. Like he could just be fucking all up in Jimbo's head right now. We don't know. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I feel. I think it's easy to get into Jimbo's head. Yeah, yeah. Considering he held a press conference about a comment that Saban made at a booster event. Do you think that if if Ole Miss wins, because their their social media team's awesome? Yeah, it's awesome. Halloween's over. Do you think this Christmas tree makes makes an appearance in the social media game if they win? <laughs> Man, no, I don't think they'll go there. Okay, what do you think about this game? Give me give me a prediction. On uh, I, you know, Ole Miss five and zero at home this season. They're two mm. two and zero against the spread and, and straight up against A and M the last two years. Crazy stat that I and we know Jimbo just can't win on the road. Um, yeah. at least the last couple years. Crazy stat I found: Texas A&M hasn't covered a game as a three-point or less underdog since 2017. What? Yes, yeah, so if they're an underdog or a th- where a are you doing less. your fucking research? Like it's so much better than mine. <laughs> uh, so I, I'm gonna have to take Ole Miss 28-24. Okay, I don't know why you didn't tell me the answer to my question, but um, I I, I like this spot for A&M, man. I really do. I, I think that this is this is the kind of shit that that. Jimbo tends to do where he against all odds will go on the road and beat someone he shouldn't and give himself that extension. You start looking at that schedule. Who's left on there for him to do that against. I don't think there's many people to do it. I, I could be so far off base here. I could be so far off base here. I, I think that A&M's defense is a lot better than people understand. And Edron Cooper is probably the best linebacker in the country. If you don't get out of there, pepper, she's getting in the Texas feed hot, hot popcorn. Oh, you have more. Yeah, I've only gone for like six of the bags. 
How you many bags six? have you gone through? I only got like three. Oh, I got like ten. Huh. I got like five apiece. Jeez. I sold the fucking sponsorship. It's my. It's like I mean. So oh, you did. Down. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's because. Yeah. Anyway, back back to the, what we're talking about. I think that um, I think that A and M is in a good spot here. I don't like the fact that, that you brought up that stat. That I mean, that's a crazy, crazy good stat. Um, yeah. I will say this though. I I just wonder if the focus is there for Ole Miss. And in the past, this is the kind of game that they tend to drop. So I'm going to lean on history on this one. As much as I don't like it, I'm going to say A&M goes on the road and wins. And I'm, I'm so not confident about that. Max Johnson, you know how I feel about Max Johnson. It is yeah. just the, the guy trying to get the train tracks repeatedly. Um, but I think A&M goes in and gets something stupid. Blocked punt. punt like Anaya Smith gets one in the return game. And I'll say I think that they win 31 to 30. All right, plus one thirty-five on the money line. That's it. See, Vegas knows yeah. something. Vegas has to know something. Unless it's changed. Let me. I've got some. I'll tell you something's balls. changed. For the next game. <sighs> oh boy. Okay. Oh, here we go. Damn it. All Can right, we throw a way to have her add her to the show, but like not on the actual screen? Because she's wearing a Britney Spears mic, and I don't like it. No, just put her on screen. Oh, boy. What is wrong with my Britney Spears mic? Nothing. This is my favorite mega church pastor look that anyone's had on our show. So I think headset. <laughs> this is what we use in real radio. Oh, oh, coming out firing. Coming out firing. Out we are joined now by sports version of Gwyneth Paltrow, Caroline Fenton. Um, yes, you're welcome. Um, for all jokes aside, welcome in. We've been trying to get you on the well. I think I'll say we try to get in the podcast, but I never really reached out. We just have wanted you to come on the podcast. So no, like I, I should have known. I should have. Yeah, I should have known. Or I would have reached out sooner if you didn't call me a Bama apologist on national radio. I've said it out of a place of my heart of appreciation and love. I don't call just anyone apologists, okay? Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's fair. Just All right. the apologists that I love and respect. I appreciate that. I appreciate yes, that. Yes, of course. Yeah. Um, All right. So we are joined by Caroline Fenton, and and like the resume. Is where do you, where how about you introduce yourself? Because locked on Sirius XM, you're on radio in, in Nashville. Like, how do you want to introduce yourself outside of wearing a Danny Cannell turtleneck? Uh, it's a Steve Steve Jobs chic is how I would like uh, prefer to be called. Thank you so much. Uh, so that's the number one bullet point on my resume. Yeah, love that. Is um, yeah, really trying to take on the female Steve Jobs look. Thank you. Um, I, that's it. That's the resume. You know, I do. I yeah. hosted a, a show in Nashville from eleven to two on one two five the game. I do work with SiriusXM, College Sports Radio, and SEC Radio, and I'm the host of Locked On LSU, and I don't sleep. Yeah, I was going to say, that's like that's a lot. <laughs> um, all right, speaking of not sleeping, let's just get into it, because I've just, like, I was on radio this morning with your boy PB and Dari, um, and they were like, when you go to sleep at night and have nightmares, and I, I legitimately had, I don't want to call it a nightmare, but I had one of those, like, sports fan dreams where you, like, I don't know if you guys ever had this. I wake up and like it's the third quarter and I've somehow forgot the game was on and Bama was down by like 20. So I, that doesn't happen to you, Tyler? No, no. I do. I have the uh, – I'm back in college and I oversleep like pretty much all semester and then I show up and there's a test and I'm like, didn't even realize. But no, I've got no, one all the matter. time. Yeah. Like games that we're not a part of, not our future and tests that we're taking in college. Um, no. So yeah, these are more game, important things like football. Yeah. Like, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, 
your initial thoughts on this game, because this is always like a, I, it sounds so cliche, but it, it's so accurate with this one. It's always a war between these two teams. It's always a really, really good game, um, especially over the last five years. I, I love throwing out the stat that Bama has only lost twice in the past 13 games. LSU fans love to remind me, and with good reason, they've won two of the last four. What are your initial thoughts going into this one? Um, I mean, it's elite on elite, and mm-hmm. it's bad on bad. So whether you're a fan of good football or you are an absolute football sicko, this is going to have something to offer for you. I mean, LSU top offense in the country. I think Alabama has an elite defense, one of the best in the SEC, one of the best in the country. But I think it honestly could come down to which bad is playing worse. Right. I mean, like LSU secondary is truly atrocious. They're up three starters. And whenever Brian Kelly announced that they'd be down their three starting corners, Zy Alexander, Denver Harris, and Deuce Chestnut, I think that the entire LSU fan base just went into a tizzy. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking, well, it was awful with them, all respect right. to the world, to them. So it's like you're losing what your weakness is. And yes, I, I very much so understand that it could be worse than right. what we've seen. But if we're down three corners, well, I think that's better than being down three receivers when the only way that you win football games is offensively. But I think it comes down to one who's winning the battles in the trenches, which is like a really unique take with an SEC game, yeah. right? Like, can can Alabama's defensive line get to Jaden Daniels and stop the run? Like, can they limit what Jaden Daniels wants to do with his arm, with his legs? Haven't right. seen anyone do it yet this mm-hmm. season, but also LSU hasn't seen a defense like this. I think right. on the other side, it's can Mason Smith, Jordan Jefferson, and Harold Perkins force Jalen Milrow to make decisions that he doesn't want to make like those three, especially those two Harold Perkins, Mason Smith, like they've been Mm -hmm. non-factors really for the most part for LSU this season. And we're talking about going into this season who I thought were two of the best defensive players in the country. I mean, like future first rounders in the NFL draft. So are they able to get pressure on Jalen Milrow, force him to turn the ball over and, you know, try and limit the deep ball as much as possible. So you don't have the three true freshman corners picking up, you know, a majority of the brunt work. Right. If LSU can pull this game off, uh, do you consider Jaden Daniels? Oh, sorry, Chris. I mean, you oh, just, Tyler already. We're playing hypotheticals. I know we don't typically do that with Alabama. No, we don't. Alabama's involved, but if LSU were to win this game, does Jaden Daniels become the front runner for the Heisman? I think he has to, right? Like, I feel I like right that. now, let me take my LSU hat off. I feel like right now he should be the front runner because yeah. I mean, Michael Penix Jr. has had a rough couple of the last two weeks. I mean, JJ McCarthy is getting quarterback on the best team in college football benefits of the doubt, but Jaden Daniels has been the most consistent player in all of college football. Like there's not been a week where Jaden Daniels has taken his foot even slightly off the gas yeah. with, a, with a bruised rib against Missouri for crying out loud. Like LSU is averaging 550 yards a game. And that's obviously due to Jaden Daniels arm and a huge part of his legs. Like no other quarterback in America is doing what Jaden Daniels is doing. But I don't think in this era of college football, like I know RG three, I know Lamar Jackson, that they won Heisman trophies for teams that weren't college football playoff contenders. But like in this modern Heisman era, you can't have more than two losses and even two losses, I think is a stretch. You can't have two losses and end up, you know, hoisting the Heisman Trophy at the end of the season. I think that's what screwed over Bryce Young and a Hendon Hooker last year. Two of yeah. the best quarterbacks in America that didn't even get invites to New York. So I think now he should be the front runner. But if you go into Bryant-Denny 
and you beat Alabama, and if LSU beats Alabama, it'll be largely because of what Jaden Daniels right. did because he had a Heisman-esque moment. I don't know how you can make an argument for anyone else in the country. Record be damned. He would have the best resume in all of college football. I've been banging this drum for a couple of weeks now that I, I I don't think that LSU is out of it because what's going to happen in November is like it's it's not, it's not like the Derrick Henry thing as much, but like remember that game in 2015 is when mm-hmm. Fournette came in with the overwhelming favorite to win the Heisman, right? He's averaged yeah. like 191 yards a game. I mean, you know, if you don't remember, I'll, I'll refresh your memory. They had 19 carries for 31 yards, and Alvin won the game. It was one of my favorite games of all time. I, would, yeah, I was there. Thank you so much. Thank You're welcome. I'm glad you enjoyed mm-hmm. yourself. Hope yeah, you guys stopped by the last time. Um, um, I no. was I was 18, so no, I did not. Um, Fair enough. Fair did stop by the Sigma Chi house though. Had a great time. So, but the All thing right. is with with with, with um, Jaden Daniels in this game, like you said, like if he wins, if LSU wins, I do think it'll be because of Jaden Daniels. If they win this game, close out the rest of the season, and then go somehow beat Georgia, which I think Georgia's beatable, and I think especially with LSU's offense. I don't see how he doesn't end up in 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 New York. And, and you're right though too. He should be the clear front runner. Uh, like I going into the season, I kept thinking like, right, how's he gonna how's he gonna top 28 touchdowns and three interceptions? And we're starting the month of November off, and he's at 30 and three right now. So that, I think I completely agree with the Jaden Daniels thing. Now piggybacking off that. Wait before we before we move off Jaden Daniels, Nick Saban. I'm gonna give you a little trivia question, Chris and. And Caroline, if you feel free to jump in. Drew Brees. Okay. Damn it. That's what you get. You do this to me every single time. But I say, Tyler, guess how many times so and so lost? I didn't even ask the question, though. I knew you were going with it. You knew where I was going with that, though. That's the last last quarterback that Saban has beat in consecutive years. Or has beat Saban in consecutive years. Drew Brees. Louisiana has just been giving Nick Saban nightmares. For years now. Okay. Okay. I don't know if that's the case. I mean, like that whole state was like gone and forgotten outside of having like, you know, movies being filmed in it for quite some time. Like unless Saban doesn't come back, they had a long, they had like eight, eight losing seasons in 11 years before he got there. People forget. We don't forget. Okay. But, good. Uh, yeah. 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 I mean, Hey, I mean, I, my, my dad played college football at Tennessee and he always likes to remind me we beat Alabama every year I was there. So let's not act like everybody's been on a pedestal for the entirety okay. of their histories. I'm glad we didn't have that conversation. Let's, let's get her dad on the pod next week. Let's oh, absolutely. Not. He would love let's to hop on. <laughs> let's get both our dads on the pod next week. Um, let's no, do a so dad pod. Yeah. yeah, right. Um, okay, so here's my question. Piggyback on okay. the Jaden Dillon's comment about if they win, it's going to be because of him. Let's say it's not. Let's say it's something like – I'm trying to think of a year where where this, this has changed um, – but if it's not Jaden Daniels, right? If it's not Jaden Daniels, who is it that wins this game? Because, you know, look at 2019. Like, I think the stat I brought up earlier, they've only won twice in the last 13 times. Like, they've also the only scored more than 17 two times. And they've won both those games, which I feel like that's a pretty good stat for LSU because they're going to score more than 17 points. But anyway, who? if it's not Jaden Daniels, who is it for LSU? I played the fifth. Like I like I, like seriously, I, I maybe Logan Diggs. Like if mm. Alabama just takes everything away from Jaden Daniels, which if if that's the case, you deserve to win the game. Like if you right. take Jaden Daniels completely out, I guess it would have to be Logan Diggs because he's been, of course, you know Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas and Mason Taylor and that receiving core 
is going to get a majority of the face time because it's sexy to talk about receivers. It's sexy to mm-hmm. talk about a passing game. It's not very sexy to talk about a run game, but Logan Diggs has almost, I feel like, been the sort of unsung hero of this LSU offense. I mean, comparing this 2023 offense to the 2019 offense, which I really was very hesitant to do. Right. But if you look at it, it's, it's very comparable. I mean, that 2019 offense was averaging like 561 yards a game. This LSU offense in 2023 is averaging like 555. Mm -hmm. This offense is running the ball significantly more than they were in 2019. Part of that is due to Jaden Daniels. Joe Burrow wasn't immobile, obviously, but his legs weren't as much of a tool as Jaden Daniels are. Another huge part of that is Logan Diggs. He's mm-hmm. the workhorse back that he's the back that if you need three yards, well, he could probably get you five or six. Yeah. So I would say maybe Logan Diggs defensively, I guess it would probably be Harold Perkins. Mm-hmm. We've seen Harold Perkins take over a game before last year against Arkansas. Now this mm-hmm. Alabama team is not Arkansas. It's going to be significantly more difficult to take over a game in Bryant Denny against this yeah. Alabama team. But with this Alabama offensive line, given up 35 sacks a game. I mean, we've been waiting for a Harold Perkins breakout. Yeah. It could come this week when this coaching staff has finally figured out that, hey, maybe we should put our best defensive player in a spot where he can be his best player, which is just yeah. you know, crazy to think that that would be a smart move to make. Yeah. That we figured out yeah. in week nine. Yeah, I, I've been baffled at how they've used him. I, I, I haven't really as paid as close attention the last few weeks. Are they moving him up? Like more into like a stand-up rusher type role? Yeah, so after the Ole Miss game, when they gave up 700 yards of offense and 50 points, uh, Brian uh, Brian Kelly was like, we need to make some sort of changes. And I'm like, yeah, no yes, Brian, that's <laughs> correct. You, you should be making some changes. Good job, Brian. That's what you make $10 million a year for. Uh, so they, <laughs> they switched to four down. Defense. Well, easy so, Tyler from Spartanburg. Tyler. <laughs> Pardon. Tyler from Spartanburg. What, what are we paying, paying him $10 you $10 million dollars a year? <laughs> um, this team's at least not four and four, I will say. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they switched to a four down defense, which is at least, at least looked like it has served this team well because its defensive strengths are in the defensive line and the linebackers. Right. So it's allowing Harold Perkins to kind of float around a little bit more. And Brian Kelly said in his press conference today, he said, we'll use Harold as a spy if we need to use him as a spy. You know, we'll use him as a jack linebacker if we need to use him as a jack linebacker, which is what Harold Perkins does best. Just throw him out on the field and then let him like, you know, see ball, eat ball is really mm-hmm. just what he does best. So they have been, I think, better defensively. But I don't know if that's because of the defensive changes I don't know if that's because they brought in Pete Jenkins to advise this defensive line. I also don't know if it's because they've played Auburn and Army, two of the worst offenses in all of college football, and that's going to make your defense look a little bit better. So maybe a little bit of everything combined, but I would say Harold Perkins has been used better and has been more of a factor for this defense probably in the last couple of weeks than he has in the first two weeks of the season. We, we joke around a lot, like in general, but we also joke around a lot a, a lot earlier about LSU fans, what they think about Saban, their thoughts about Bama in general. I'm not making a joke when I say this. I, I think it's a very valid question. Rank these three wins for LSU fans this year. Okay. Women's, women's College Basketball National Championship. Men's Baseball National Championship. 
beating Nick Saban in Tuscaloosa back-to-back times for the first time in, in 15 years. What, like, what is, what, like, where would you rank that? Beating Bama in back-to-back years one. <laughs> Great. Probably, probably women's, women's basketball national championship to baseball. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it, I it, would it, say- that's, that is how much it means though. I think it's a, it's a oh, massive, yeah. massive game. And I think it's also what it means, like what doors it opens up for LSU, like mm-hmm. beating Alabama because the SEC championship game is still on the table. You lose this game to Bama, that's completely out of question. Heisman Trophy for Jaden Daniels. You lose this game, I think that's probably out of the question. You beat right. Bama, he's probably the front runner. And like, I don't think it's crazy that LSU could potentially still have a path to the college football playoff. No. If they beat Bama, win out, potentially beat Georgia in the SEC championship game. Now LSU still has to beat Florida. LSU still has to beat Texas A&M. And you still have to beat Georgia in the SEC freaking championship game. But I had this discussion today. I'll ask you guys. LSU wins out, beats Georgia in the SEC championship game. What's more likely? Both Georgia and LSU get in the CFP or neither? Oh, neither. neither I think yeah. it's neither too. Yeah. I like, like there's still a path maybe, but like a one loss Oregon gets in over a two loss LSU, mm-hmm. you know, a one loss, either Ohio state or Michigan, depending on who wins that head to head matchup probably gets in over a two loss LSU. So what I think just the field is tough. No, no. Or- Oregon is going to make the playoff. I, 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 if there's a bet to be put on that, I would bet a lot of money on that. Washington goes undefeated all year and they lose to Oregon in the Pac-12 championship. And then LSU wins out. Would you Washington or LSU? Between those two, you'd have to make a case, I guess, for Washington because they also would have beaten. Would they play Utah? I know they would have they beaten played, USC this weekend, yeah, which USC, the committee yeah. thinks is like a ranked opponent or should be a ranked opponent for some reason. But I know I agree. I agree with you, Caroline. Like I think yeah. it says more than anything that like I'd say where the SEC could get like completely fucked out of this, and it would actually be awesome for like the fans until it gets to the playoff is. What if Mizzou beats Georgia and the SEC championship game ends up being an LSU Mizzou rematch? Like or Mizzou Ole Miss. Imagine oh, yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> right I don't even know if I'd watch it. I'd probably be sent there to come. I don't even know if I would do it. Yeah, I would like Mizzou Ole Miss would be like a regular season out of division matchup that I'm like, eh, maybe if there's no better games on, I guess I'll watch yeah. that one. Like the 730 SEC network game. 11 a.m. on yeah. SEC Network. Yeah. <laughs> But I feel bad that like in this, no, I know, I don't feel bad about when we talk about the SEC West, we talk about LSU and Alabama and completely ignore the fact that Ole Miss beat LSU head to head and Ole Miss yeah. right now is above LSU in the SEC West rankings, just because we all assume that they're going to mess something up. Can of I cuss on here? Uh, it's uncensored. Yes. They're going to fuck something up because Lane Kiffin <laughs> always tends to fuck things up late in the season. <laughs> yeah. They might do it this weekend. Chris just picked Texas yeah. A&M outright. I think Texas A&M is going to beat Ole Miss. Yeah, well, I'm falling apart in my picks if we're being honest. I'm like eight and thirteen in the last two weeks. I don't well, know what. Get it together, happening. goodness. I gracious. don't know. I don't know what. Like I was telling this to Connor the other day. He was like, "Why? Why?" He didn't. He doesn't cuss, but he was like, "Why did you pick Florida to beat Georgia?" And I go, "Dude, it was the most Michael Scott moment ever." To where it was like, I started a sentence and I didn't even know where I was going. I started the sentence and the pick by going, "There's nothing about this Florida team that makes me think they can win." And by the end of my rambling, I was like, "Florida 28." George 27 and just RIP to my fucking Twitter message. It was awful. It was awful. Yeah, I I heard, and Chris Childers also picked Florida to win. And anytime I heard someone pick Florida, I thought, you doofuses, have you learned nothing? 
Do you know nothing about this Georgia team? Every time we count them out, they turn around and drop 40-plus. Like, everyone thought Kentucky was going to beat Georgia. I was like, are you right, Let's not go that far. I wasn't that I wasn't that dumb. It was a home game. Kentucky sucks. I don't Kentucky know. Sucks. I think we've kind of, like, semi-become an anti-Kentucky podcast in a way. Yeah. We just I, crushed <laughs> Will Levis all last year. We're like, this guy sucks. And then now we're like, nobody – they're not, like, a cute – up and coming story anymore it's like no, oh no. every year you just you go like eight and four that's cool like you're not it's the mark stoop special you yeah. know you go eight and four nine and three on a good year and if you don't win games well then great by the time that you are you know five and four on the year then kentucky basketball starts so nobody really right. cares yeah. and i think mark um, stoops has the best job in america he does. Yeah. he does doesn't he give a like a year extension every time he wins six games or something like that like so, okay, sure. The bar is on the floor. That's pretty bad. <laughs> don't we want um, more? People? I could have just totally made that up, but yeah, it's yeah. I, was right. gonna, I don't. I don't think that that is. A, it's something. It's something like that. I'll look it up. <laughs> um, if you win two games, you get ten million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Sam Pittman is fucking seething uh, for not making that deal. Um, yeah. All right, one more question before we get your your prediction on the game. Um, this weekend in the town I, I believe that you live in, you live in Nashville, correct? I do. I live in Nashville. Okay, so actually, two questions for you yes. back to back here. One, Can better uniform. Oh. LSU. I think the LSU uniform is great. I think it's a little bit overrated, to be honest. I like the purple jerseys more than anything. I, just hear me out. Hold on. What? Purple jersey, white helmet is 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 the most underrated jer- uniform in all of college football. All of college football. Besides, you have lost your ever-loving mind. The purple yeah, jerseys are ago. trash. Okay, trash. Okay. Anyway, better <laughs> uniforms. The white, the white jerseys, white pants are better than purple jersey, white pants. Oh, the ones that don't even match the fucking color schemes with the. All right, hey, I don't, the Caroline, stripes what, don't match, and that's a problem. I will. Caroline, say. what's your favorite? What's your favorite combo for LSU? So. I don't know if this is allowed, but my favorite combo of all time, we oh. played Mississippi State in 2018. They wore all whites with purple chrome helmets. Oh, and yeah. And it once. And it was so sick. It was so the, cool. The and jerseys were different. The, the numbers were kind of funky. They were yeah. kind of like an alien font mm-hmm. almost, but they were super <laughs> cool. But I'm really just, I'm for the most part, very pro, yeah. just classic white, Jersey, yellow pants, yellow helmet. Like that's yeah. the look. Like when you think of yeah. LSU football, that's what you think of. Definitely. Um, okay, before you yelled at me for no fucking reason at all. Um, the the LSU <laughs> home uniform, I guess it's home or away, whatever. Um, uniform or the powder blue Texan uniform, or sorry, Oiler uniforms they threw out last week. Titans, whatever. Those were nice. They were those sick. were nice. Yeah. It was Probably Oilers. Honestly. And I think for, I lean Oilers jerseys just because I think the Titan jerseys are so bad. Like, yeah. I I do not like that. I don't like the colors. I don't like the font of the numbers. Um, I think the Oilers are – I think the best color combination in sports is red, white, and powder blue. Like, when Ole Miss wears the powder blues, and especially with the American flag in the helmet, I'm oh, just yeah. like, yes, America. <laughs> I love I like, it. I like, when, uh, I like when Tulane wears the powder blues, too. Yeah, Tulane, Tulane has the best uniforms in sports. Best logo in sports. The cute See, little wave, the Y.I. Yeah. Although, if you're a football team, you kiss. don't really want your mascot to be cute. Yeah, touche. Yeah, this is an amoeba. It does a, a little bit like a germ. 
Yeah, yeah. a little bit. It's, it's a Visa Next commercial, but like cute. I got it. That's awesome. But yeah. cute and um, angry. That's right. The other, okay, so the follow-up to that before we get the score prediction. Mm-hmm. This weekend in Nashville, I mean, a pretty close and fierce historical SEC rivalry between Auburn and Vandy. All-time series is tied, Caroline. Talk me out of putting any substantial amount of money on Vandy covering the spread at least against Auburn. Auburn sucks. Auburn sucks. Vanderbilt sucks. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's also fair. Also fair. So don't I mean, do it. Do not do that. I mean, Vanderbilt is going with a two quarterback system on Saturday. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. System. Although Auburn goes with a two quarterback system every week too. Well, I Hopefully wouldn't say they learned their lesson last counts. week. Yeah, Thorne was pretty good last week, but it was he was pretty good stand. last week. And crazy when you stick with one quarterback and let him actually, you know, ride the game out, you win. Crazy how. Um, all I want to use it when we have guests on is to say things that I agree with. So. This has backfired tremendously, but we will close with this, Caroline. <laughs> I'm um, never getting invited back. <laughs> well, you said the effort twice, so that, that's got you in our good graces. But give us your prediction. Yeah. And I mean, like, you can give us, like, whether I, I struggle with this every week. You can give us one of two options. Put on your fan hat and, and just go full on what you think is going to happen, what you want to happen between the game, or be as objective as possible, however you want to do it. You can say whatever words you want to. Because, like, for instance, what I said Except last GD. year was, can't say GD. Can't say GD. Can't say GD. But, like, I will tell you before you say it, like, my thoughts on it is I'm scared of death of LSU. And more than anything, I wish this game was being played in Death Valley because Alabama's only lost six fucking times in Death Valley since the Eisenhower administration. Now you go ahead. The floor is yours. Two of the last four, Marler. I mean, <sighs> like, we can we can talk about ancient history all we want, but let's talk about the here and now. Okay. Um I'll give you my fan and objective prediction here. My fan prediction here is, look, Alabama's defense is the best that LSU's seen. But there's not been a single defense on LSU's schedule that's been able to at least slow down this offense for a full 60 minutes. Yeah. Also haven't seen Alabama play a full 60 minutes so far this season. True. Like, I look back at that Tennessee game, like LSU might be up by 30 at half. Because yeah. when Joe Milton overthrows receivers in the end zone, Jaden Daniels hits him in the end zone. That if Alabama decides to not show up until the second half, well, LSU may have already run away with it to like an unattainable point where like Jalen Milrow just really can't do anything. Or mm-hmm. LSU just kind of is able to, I don't want to say coast because every time a team is up at the half against Alabama and they coast in the second half, they end up losing Ole Miss, A&M, Tennessee. Um, so that's my LSU take where I think it could still be close, but LSU might want to get this into a situation where they get themselves in a shootout. And like, yeah. I understand LSU lost a shootout earlier this season against Ole Miss, but Ole Miss is a better offense than Alabama. They get into a well, shootout with Alabama. Really on the field, but yeah, that's fair. Well, fair. Uh, <laughs> statistically, um, Ole Miss is a yeah. better offense than Alabama. Yeah, I would no, take Jackson right. Dart yeah, over Jalen yeah. Milrow any day. Yeah. Um, so I would say, like, if it's going to be a shootout, I would take LSU every day, twice on Sunday. My objective take on this is that LSU's off, or excuse me, LSU's defense is just so bad that it doesn't matter if Jalen Milrow turns the ball over. It doesn't matter yeah. if you know they they struggle in their intermediate passing game. If Alabama has the same kind of offensive hiccups that we've really seen them have throughout the entire season, like this defense is just that bad. 
that Jalen Milrow can throw it 80 yards downfield into the end zone on every single possession. And there is literally nothing that LSU can do about it. That it's, I think LSU's offense is better than Alabama's defense, but Alabama's offense is significantly better than LSU's defense. I just, I don't see a path to where LSU is able to hold off Alabama long enough. I still think it would be close. Like I would say that the score would be 37, 34, um, you know, more points scored. Well, with my fan hat on LSU wins with my objective hat on Alabama wins. So we'll put you down for Bama. Okay. <laughs> put me honestly, put me down for Bama. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, I don't want to give away my prediction. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you it afterwards, but cause we'll, we'll, we'll do our breakdown when you, when you're off here. Um, but mine's the opposite of what you're saying. Just so you know, I'll, I'll let you know the, the rest of it after we're done. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to ruin surprise. An emotional hedge. It's an emotional hedge. It feels like it at this point. It does. Yeah. It does. But I'm, I I'm, think not gonna I'm probably anyway. thinking the same way that like, I think like you're both Yeah. It's 100% what we're doing. I mean, we're That's a fair. couple of apologists over here. Uh, yeah. But, but if I say, like, if I remind myself, if I get myself too excited about how good this LSU offense is, Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Alabama's defense is able to, you know, limit what LSU wants to do offensively, then I'm just going to be sad. I don't want to yeah. be sad. I want to set myself up to be sad. And then I can either be happy or say, well, I thought this was going to happen all along. Based my whole life off that. It's great. That's how I, I am with my team. Yeah. Um, all right, Caroline, tell everyone where all the places they can find you on, on the web and social. I don't know why I just said the web, but you know what I mean? Go ahead and take it away from here. And um, we will have you back on. We really appreciate you coming on. It's been it's been a lot of fun. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Caroline Fenton One. If you're in Nashville, you can find me from 11 to 2 p.m. on 1025 The Game. You can find me on SiriusXM SEC Radio um, from 2 to 5 p.m. Central on Wednesday and Thursday afternoons. Awesome. All right. We appreciate it. We will talk to you soon. Y'all are the best. Thank you. Happy to hop on whenever. All right. Thanks. All right. Now that she's gone, Tyler. Damn it. Um... All right, give me your breakdown, man. Because I, 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 I'm not kidding. I, I, you go first. You go first. Uh, so I, the the bet I love for the game is the over. Um, yeah. The, so LSU has hit the over in all eight games this season, twelve straight games dating back to last year. And I think Caroline hit it on the nose. I think if you've got the same type of score but the opposite, you hit it on the nose. Only once has the winning team in an LSU game this season scored under 41 points. So it's going to be a shootout. Um, I hate for LSU that they've got three DBs out. Carolyn makes a good point. It wasn't working out with them, so maybe you get something different. Maybe you get another guy that hasn't even played DB to try to play a DB. I don't know. It's desperate times, desperate measures. Mm -hmm. Um, Makai Wingo was announced that he's going to be out probably for the year. That's a major piece on the D-line that they're missing. Um, I don't trust that they're using Perkins in the right way still. So I think Bama's got enough at home to overcome all that. I'm going to take Bama 35, LSU 30. All right, here's the thing. LSU has been held under 30 points one time this year. It was against against Florida State. They've been held under 40 points twice. That's it. You always say defense travels, run game travels. Offense, this offense is going to travel. There's nothing There's nothing about this team or the numbers from any of this stuff that will show you, oh, they don't play as well on the road versus at home. After that Florida State game, and let's be very clear here, 
Alabama's not Florida State. Alabama's a good team. Alabama's a good football team. They play really, really sound defense. They can do some things on offense, but this is not a playoff-worthy team, and this is not a team that is going to be able to get into a track meet with LSU. And if you don't believe me, let's, let's think about that Texas game. Now, Texas is different because Texas plays much better defense than, than LSU. But I tell you what, it's a high-flying offense with weapons everywhere. That was a home game, and you had it circle on the calendar and all that kind of stuff, and you came out flat, and you, you didn't look great. I think the same thing that happened in that Texas game happens in this game to Alabama, but I think that it happens in a way that just is more high-scoring. And what happened in that Texas game was you claw back, you, you take a lead into the fourth, and then you fall apart. You give up 21 points in the fourth quarter. Where, like, I don't know if that's the the breakdown, the meltdown that happens with this team going into like late in the game. But I will tell you this: there's no part of me that thinks Alabama is going to be able to put up. Like, like if if it gets to a point where you're in the fourth quarter and you're down, we haven't had to see Jalen Milrow keep coming back and keep coming back. You're going to have to keep winning the way they've been winning. So maybe that happens. Maybe you do get a couple of, of turnovers. But this is an offense that we haven't seen that from. Jaden Daniels doesn't do that. Like, and he, he hasn't done it in two years now. And you start yeah. looking at some of his numbers as like a quarterback. Like, I, like one of the things I kept holding on to is that year where he had 10 touchdowns, interceptions. But he doesn't have 10 interceptions in the other four years combined where he started games. So, I, I mean, he is a very good quarterback. He is the most athletic game manager he's just he glides he's just so silky with everything that he does and i don't think that this alabama team i i like in the past like maybe that, that 2019 game you kind of kept thinking like can they get to 40 who can get to 40 first and they both got to 40 but but lsu was ahead at, at 40 right 46 41 finish or final right can both teams get to 30 i just told you there's only one game all year that LSU hasn't gotten to 30 and they got the 28. I don't know if Alabama's offense can get to 30, no matter how bad LSU's defense is. Cause I don't know if Tommy, Tommy Reese, we haven't seen them put together games where they've just been like, just on all cylinders. Like, like we've seen them make second half adjustments, but I like what Caroline said. I mean, I didn't like it, but I agree with what Caroline said. Of, I don't know if this team if they are down early, is able to come back. And I think it'll be close for a while. And I think at some point, Jalen Milrow makes a bad mistake in the late in the third or the fourth quarter. And that three-point deficit turns into 10. And I think LSU wins 38-28. 38-28? Yeah, there's my emotional hedge. There it is. All right. Well, we're already at hour 10 in. We have <laughs> like 10 games left to cover. Let's go here. Let's just start. Let's just start getting onto it. All right, Washington, USC. Uh, let me get to that. 7.30 on ABC, number five, Washington, number 20, USC. USC, a three-and-a-half point underdog at home. Total, 76-and-a-half. Uh, Washington, still undefeated, but hasn't been all easy. They snuck by Stanford last week, 42-33. And, Chris, that was their widest margin of victory in their last four games. That's insane. 31-24 against Arizona, 36-33 against Oregon 15 to 7 against Arizona State. They have won 15 straight games, which is second in the nation to Georgia. Yeah. Um USC uh ranks among the eight teams producing more points per contest than Washington. Um, they're the nation's second leading output uh in offense, 45.9 points per game. Um, 
This is going to be a high scoring. That's why the total is 76 and a half. This game to me comes down to how many stops Washington can get because I'm pretty sure USC's defense isn't going to have any. So I'm going to take Washington 42, USC 34. Um, I think this is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, I think it's going to be a great game. I, like, It'll be interesting to see what this USC team does now that like you don't have anything to play for. Like, you had nothing to play for. You almost lost last week. It's it's in the Coliseum, right? Yep. So I think that this is a game where you're going to see. We've seen Washington struggle, like you said, the past couple of games. I think they're going to struggle early. I, I it's it's something that's been like un or uncharismatic or uncharacteristic, I guess. I mean, um, of them. Michael Penix has come out like it's it's not like the offense has been flat, but you've seen it at times like the Arizona game where you're up, I think it was like 21 to 10 or 21 to 13 in the first half. Um, and you're like, man, that's kind of like, how do they get a slow start? They got a slow start because they only had three possessions in the first half. I think they'll have chances to have more possessions. I, I think this is a game that you're going to look up at the end of it. And this is, it won't be as dramatic as that Baker Mayfield, Patrick Mahomes game. It sucks that this game is on at seven 30 because because Bam LSU's on at that yeah. time. Yeah. So I'm not going to watch any of it, but it's going to be a lot of fun to, to look at this. This, to, Like, I mean, uh, th- there's just nothing about USC's defense. They couldn't stop Cal. They gave up 49 to Cal. Yeah. I mean, they're going to give up so many points to this team. So I'm going to take Washington to win, but I, I there's not a lot that Washington's defense has shown me, you know, and I, and I will say this too. I think that this is a game for Lincoln Riley that he's like, he's really got to show who he is as a coach. Cause I, I don't, I don't know if he's, hold on, I'm watching this baseball game right now. Um, it's been really, really good. Zero, zero right now. And elimination work. What's a clinching game? Um, yeah. I think, I think it's a game for, for Lincoln Riley that I think we're going to learn a lot about his character, whether it's not, is he going to roll over and die? Like he's kind of done in the past. Because if, if they come out and lay an egg, you can't convince me he's not going to, to Chicago. You can't. With Caleb? Yeah. So I don't think they lay an egg. I don't think they're good enough on defense to stop this offense. I think this is a perfect get-right game for Washington. But I do think it's a it's a very high-scoring game. I'm going to say Washington wins 49-45. Um, to 45. All right. One night game that you will be able to watch, ten thirty FS one number nine. I'm actually really excited for this game. Number nineteen UCLA at Arizona. Yeah, Arizona only a two and a half point underdog. Fifty and a half is the total. Arizona looking for its third consecutive win over a ranked team. Um, Arizona's just been a great story this year. Uh, they've been really good. It's gonna be tough going here. The Bruins have a tenth nationally ranked total defense. They're only allowing two hundred seventy seven and a half yards per game or third in sacks in the country, fourth in tackles for loss. Um, so it's going to be a tough test for the red shirt freshman quarterback, Noah Fafita, but he's been awesome. Um, yeah. He's beat or he's played his first four games of his career against ranked teams, including Washington, USC, uh, almost beat USC, um, almost beat Washington, although they didn't score that many points. Right. Um, but yeah, he's been really good, and and uh, he's been freshman of the week in the Pac-12 for uh, three weeks in a row, including wins over number nineteen Washington State at the time, and then Oregon State, which was number eleven. And for UCLA, um, 
I think it's Ethan Garbers at, at quarterback. He's been pretty pretty decent in place of Dante Moore. Uh, they lean on the running game, though. Carson Steele, TJ Harden. I think this is going to be a great game. Arizona mm-hmm. beat UCLA last year in Pasadena when uh, UCLA was number nine. But I think UCLA, on the strength of that defense, is going to get this one done here. Um, interesting thing, UCLA's two losses at Utah and at Oregon State were of a, a combined 19 points. And Arizona's yeah. three losses at Mississippi State, which is yeah. weird. Double overtime. In overtime. I'm Washington and at USC in triple overtime were decided by a total of 16 points. So Arizona's a really good team, but I'm going to take UCLA 31, Arizona 28. If UCLA scores 31 points in this game, I will get your fucking face tattooed on my body. There's no Ooh. chance. There's no chance. Um, I think this, you know, I tell you what's what the only thing holding me back from making this like a lock of the week. Cause I think it's like a three point spread, right? Two and a half now. Yeah. Yeah. Hammer Arizona. Arizona, the only thing that worries me is they're coming off that win against Oregon State. Let's also yeah. not forget, they were up by 10 in that game against, against Oregon State at home. Oregon State scored in the last two minutes, the last minute and a half of that game to, to pull within three. Um, I I think this is a situation where when you talk about Arizona's offense, they that, that quarterback is a lot of fun. Fajitas, what's his name? Chili Fajitas? Uh, burritos. <laughs> That's, we're going to get canceled for this. Fafita, Fafita, Fafita. For this dad joke. Um, Fafita. Um, anyway. I don't. I, it's, it's, not, it's not making fun of the name. It's making it's fun of the fact funny. that I can't remember the fucking name. Um, no, I, I think that this is, a, this is a team where when you look at what Arizona is able to do or what they've done this season. I, I think I brought this up on the, on the pod on Sunday. They're five and three, right? Yeah. UCLA's had some, some impressive games and some impressive wins. Um, the Colorado game, like them being able to hold Colorado's offense to, to six points for most of that game was very, very impressive. Probably because Colorado's also a little bit concerned about all their stuff being stolen out of the fucking locker rooms the entire game, which was wild as hell. But here's yeah. the thing. We've seen UCLA on the road. You said they've lost those games by 19 points. This is a Chip Kelly offense that scored seven points on Utah, right? This is they're going on the road against Arizona. They, they UCLA has been a different team on the road. Arizona coming off the winning against Oregon State. Are they still focused? Are like I? That's my biggest question. But buddy, what was the loss to Washington State? Uh, what they lost? What, 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 what the three losses: Mississippi State, USC, and who? Uh, what was it? Washington. Washington. Yeah. Okay. So they lost to the number five team in the country. They lost to USC by like one, right? Or was it like by two? Yeah. Yeah. And then they lost, they lost, um, on the road. What was the last one? Sorry. On the road at Mississippi State in week two by seven in double overtime. Yeah. You could make the case this team should be seven and one. Like this is, I think this is one of the most underrated teams in the country. I think UCLA on the road struggles a lot. I think Arizona is going to win this game. I will say 24 to, to, to 17. I I think this is like the lock of the week for me. Oh, awesome. Yeah. What do we got next? Uh, I think a sneaky good game is this game. Yeah. 12 PM on Fox number 23, Kansas state at number seven, Texas, Texas, a four point favorite total 51. We know Malik Murphy's in for Texas. Uh, what's crazy about the Big 12 is there is a five-way tie for first place in the Big 12 right now. So bad. Um, 
Texas is off to his best start since 2009. They dominated BYU last week, although that one was a little – Malik Murphy was good, but he wasn't yeah. – he made some mistakes. Um, Texas won the past six meetings with Kansas State, dating back to 2017. It's the longest winning streak in the all-time series for either program. Uh, Kansas State coming off a drubbing of Houston, 41-0, to zero, even though they had cool uniforms. Um which then I think they got sent to cease and desist by the NFL because it was too much like the Oilers uniforms. They went like SMU. Yeah. Oh, that was SMU. Such yeah, horse yeah. shit. Yeah. It's such horse shit. That, that's yeah. unreal. That's so stupid. So stupid. Uh, Kansas State has not allowed a touchdown over the last nine quarters. They're outscoring their opponents 103 to three since Texas Tech scored a touchdown midway through the third quarter on October 14th. Um, so Kansas State, one of six Power Five teams to rank at top fifteen nationally in scoring offense and scoring defense. Yeah, they've got this kid Avery Johnson, a true freshman that's come in at quarterback and been really good. He had five rushing touchdowns against Kansas uh, Texas Tech on sixteen carries. Jesus, um, I think this game is going to be really good. You can get Texas's defense on explosive plays through the air. Um, last three meetings in Austin, Kansas State has covered two of them. Texas has won all three though. Um, yeah. I'm going to take Texas 31-28, but I think it's going to be a great game. Um, tell me the spread and the over-under again one more time. The spread is minus four for Texas, total 51. Texas at home. I, I think the best play here is the under. I, I, I think that both teams play enough enough defense. Now, I will tell you this. It's that I wouldn't put a lot of money on it because I think Texas is, like you said, they've scored over 30 points in the first nine games for the first time in school history. Kansas State, like you said, top 15 in, in, in both offense and defense. Um, but zero points in the last nine quarters in a, in a conference that you say whatever you want to about, like if they have enough contenders, but five-way tie with all that parity in the, in the conference, I think that's impressive. There's a reason why they – like Kansas State has flown under the radar this entire season, this entire season. Yep. Um, they did last year too. They won the Big 12 last year. They did. They did. I think that uh, I think that it'll be interesting to see – how much of Texas is Texas buying of themselves? If that makes sense, which it probably shouldn't just the way I phrase it like an idiot. Yeah. But how much, <laughs> thank you for agreeing with that. How much, how much is, is, is Texas feeling themselves after playing last week, winning by a bunch against a BYU team, knowing they could have won by more because all the mistakes they made in the goal line sands and the turnovers and blah, 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 without their starting quarterback. Vegas knows something. This feels like, and I don't want it to happen, but it feels like a game that Texas loses in the past. And, and yeah. I, I want to say they've turned the corner because I'm very high on Texas and I thought they'd make the playoff. Been saying it for a while. I wonder what this, this Texas team looks like when they're like, oh man, we're even if we like, I mean, how much confidence do you have right now as a team that you're going to make the playoff even if you win the Big 12? You don't have your right. starting quarterback. And now you're a four-point favorite. I got Kansas State to win outright. I think K-State wins, and, and I hate every part of it, but I'm going to say that they win 34-31. Yeah, the um, – so even though you said the under was the play. You're oh, I'm done. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold <laughs> on. <laughs> I'll say – Texas, Texas, Kansas State wins 27 27- 23. I soared past the fucking over. Yeah. <laughs> just like two touchdowns past the fucking over. <laughs> Dude, the under is the play. I think it's going to be a shootout 48 44. 
I'm oh done. man, I you know Kansas State is a uh, plus one seventy six. I think is the best number you can find on the money line. That's not, probably mm-hmm. not a bad little sprinkle there. No, I got a piece so bad. All right, let's keep it in the Big Twelve real quick. Pour one out for Bedlam. We, we can we, we can skip more. Penn State Maryland. Yeah, we can skip that one. That's fine. Okay. Um, Give me a pick on it real quick. Oh, okay. Let me let me go to the. I've got Penn State twenty four, Maryland thirteen. Penn State twenty four. What's the line in the spread? So, so we can pick it. Uh, so I think that spread has moved down all the way to minus eight for Penn State, which is pretty crazy. It's on the road. It is. Uh, but Maryland's also lost three games in a row. Um, and yeah. the, the spread is, or the total is 50 and a half. Okay. Let me do my math on that. I think, because I think, I think Maryland, Maryland's home crowd has been really disappointing in, in several of the games I've watched this season. Penn State's defense is still very good. I don't. I know that the Indiana thing was was wild to watch last week, but I tell you what, if you want a get right game for a for a fucking defense or for a fucking offense, go play Maryland. Maryland just gave up like thirty four points to Northwestern. Um, yeah, they gave up. They gave up like I think the in the first half Northwestern scored like twenty or twenty one. That's more than they've scored in like all but four of their games the last two seasons for a full game. Um, I, I think I think Penn State wins. I think they win convincingly because they need to. I think last week was a wake up call, and they got Penn. They got Michigan going next week, right? Um, so I will say, I think I think this might be a lock of the week type situation. Uh, Penn State will win. I will say thirty one to to twenty one. Okay. All right, keeping it within the Big Twelve. Three thirty on ABC. Pour one out for Bedlam. The last one for the foreseeable future. This game has been played every season since 1910. That's insane. Uh, Oklahoma has dominated the series history, going 91 and 19 and seven against the Cowboys. Um, what? Yeah, 91, 19 oh. and seven. Uh, Oklahoma's won seven of the last eight, including last year's 28-13 home victory. Both these teams are part of that five-way tie for first in the Big 12. Oklahoma State. We talked about this last week has won four straight after starting two and two big part of that success has been their running back ollie gordon the second if you haven't watched this guy yet he's a beast he leads the nation in rushing with a thousand eighty seven yards already chris over the last over the last two weeks he's run for 553 yards and six touchdowns what (laughs) yeah oklahoma state's running back um oklahoma sixth and six uh success rate offensively 19th def- defensively they're not hitting the explosive play and they're giving up a ton of explosive plays on defense but little stat i saw ou has covered four in a row and and they're eight and two in covering in the last 10 against oklahoma state i'm going to take oklahoma 35 oklahoma state 24 what's the line spread i missed it again Sorry. uh plus six and a half for oklahoma state 60 and a half is the total. Okay. We haven't talked about Oklahoma State at all this year. No, because I wrote them off when they got blown out by South Alabama at home. Yeah. Six and two. Um, here's what concerns me if you're if you're Oklahoma. They have been susceptible to giving up the big play. Um and and the way teams have chosen to attack them, it seems like it's been I mean, UCF had a couple of big, big broken plays that were that were long passing plays, but last week with Kansas, like it was running the football. Um, I'm probably wrong when I say this, 
but like this screams a Mike Gundy special. Like, yeah, sending Oklahoma off to the SEC with a loss. They're already kind of reeling. Like they that that UCF game, they were down ten or double digits. I feel like like late in that game, like late third quarter, early fourth, something like that. Um, Two teams definitely te- seem to be trending in different directions. Very different directions. I think it's being played where? In uh, Oklahoma State, in Stillwater. Oklahoma State, you're telling me that Oklahoma State in this series, the way this has played out in years in the past, they're a touchdown underdog at home? Yeah, they've, they've I mean, Oklahoma is 91-19-7 against Oklahoma State. Yeah, cool. Congrats on all the wins when, you know, during the Dust Bowl. It's fucking awesome, OU. Dylan Gabriel has been, I don't even want to say underwhelming the past couple weeks. He just hasn't been used. Like, he had 13 pass attempts going into the final drive against against Kansas a week ago. And where was that game played? In Kansas. In Kansas, on the road, right? They yep. struggled for most of the game against Texas, away from home. They struggled at home against UCF. Um like this is going to be a, a game that like Gundy has nothing to lose. He has nothing to lose. He has so much to gain, like so much Fair. to gain. Oklahoma State wins outright. Oklahoma State wins. I'll say thirty-four, thirty-one. I, I this is like I, I this is such a, a a perfect dude. And you're a touchdown underdog at home. I love that. I love that for OK, OK State. All right, two uh, games. Yeah, this 12 p.m. on ABC, number 15, Notre Dame at Clemson. Clemson, a three-point underdog, total 45 and a half. Each of the last four times these teams have played, at least one of the teams has been ranked in the top five of the AP poll. Mm-hmm. Two of those meetings have come in the postseason. Obviously, that's not the case this year. Uh, Clemson's coming off the loss 24-17 to NC State in a game, again, where they dominated the stat sheet and, again, found a way to lose. Uh, four losses in conference play for the first time since 2010, for uh, which was Dabo's second full year. Um, Notre Dame coming off an absolute blowout against Pitt, 58-7. to They had two defensive scores and an 82-yard punt return in that game for a touchdown. Notre Dame won this game last year, 35-14 to in South Bend. Um, I'll just go ahead and make my pick. I like Notre Dame to win and cover. I think it's been a popular pick for Clemson to win this game. I just... I. Feel the vibes there. They don't feel good. No. And uh, I'm going to go 28-23 Notre Dame. Um, they're 10-5-2 and two, uh, against the spread as an away favorite the last five years. 13-2 and two against the spread as a single-digit favorite. Um, I get, you know, Clemson's 65-3 and three straight up at home in the last 10 years, but they're 2-6 and six against the spread on the season. Notre Dame's 7-2 and two against the spread. By the way, Chris, Clemson's, Clemson's wins this year. They have four wins. Wake Forest, they barely beat. At home, Syracuse, FAU, and Charleston Southern. Weren't they like pretty close in one of those games against Charleston Southern or FAU at the start? Yeah, they were. Charleston, yeah. yeah, Charleston Southern was like giving them a game for a half. Um, yeah, man, I, I want to pick Clemson because I feel like this is the kind of shit that Dabo would do. Yeah. Um, they're at right. home and they've played really well at home against Florida State. I just yep. don't know if you're you gonna- know they're gonna bring their guts. It's the worst. The worst. Um, I just don't know if this is if like I don't know if this is a rally the troops type of moment because I don't know if the troops can be rallied at this point. Like I don't I don't I mean Dabo 
<laughs> he told people they should lose to let people off the bandwagon. And then when people started to get off the bandwagon, he's like, good. Get they off the bandwagon. Since, so. <laughs> Who do you think Dabo's favorite band is, by the way? He's like the oh, Wiggles or something God. stupid. Who? The Wiggles. The Wiggles. The Bengals. Uh, it's got to be. It's got to be like like I love Journey, but only the soft stuff. Like don't stop believing. Little bit too aggressive for me. Little bit. I don't like it. I don't like it. Now I tell you what. If they would have sang that song about the Lord, I would love it. I would love it. Also, shout out to our guys at um, Smack Apparel. They hooked me up with a, with a, three really awesome shirts. I probably should have worn the other one as well. I'm going to look like a huge homer in this pick, but I don't really care. I could easily see Clemson winning this game. This is the kind of thing that Dad would do. And Clemson, listen, from a roster standpoint, there's a lot of talent on that roster. I, I think it's a low-scoring game. I think they're able to do some things. We've seen Hartman on the road. He struggled at Duke. Um, he struggled against a really good defense with against Ohio State. I think it's a very low-scoring game, but I, there's just nothing that Clemson does that tells me they're going to – pull away from Notre Dame or be able to beat them necessarily. And here's the other thing too. If you're Notre Dame and, and you're going on the road to death Valley, what you want more than anything is you want to have a quarterback that is like not going to be phased in the situation. And you've got an 11th year fucking lumberjack um, at, at QB with Sam Hartman. I think that, I think that Notre Dame is able to win. I don't think it's anything. It's like super crazy convincing. I'll say Notre Dame 20 to 17. There ain't one thing in my life that I've ever failed at Tyler. Never. All right. Tyler. Last game, <laughs> last game here. 3.30 game on CBS. Number 12, Missouri at number two, Georgia. 14 and a half points. Favorite for Georgia at home. Total 55. Last season, Georgia had to rally from a 10-point fourth quarter deficit to beat Missouri. But that was, they did end up winning the game. It was their ninth win in a row in the series. Obviously, Georgia, after dismantling Florida last week, has now won 25 straight games. Um. <laughs> Ladd McConkey, Dominic Lovett, former Missouri player, uh, have been stepping up in the absence of Brock Bowers. Uh, Carson Beck's been really good. We've talked about him and how he's improved throughout the year. Uh, Missouri's coming off a bye, which is good for them, obviously. Um, it's been the Brady Cook, Luther Burden show, but don't forget about Cody Schrader, 807 yards, nine touchdowns. Uh, in my opinion, Missouri's going to have to stay ahead of the chains in this yeah. one. Georgia's first in the country in third down defense. They're also first in the country in third down conversions on offense. Uh, which is a great recipe for success. Um, when Missouri does get into their opponent territory, they're 24th in the country and finishing the drive. Georgia's defense is 68th. So if they can have some success in moving the chains and actually getting into Georgia territory, they could actually put up some points in this game. But Georgia, Caroline mentioned it, they've tended to show up when the spotlight's been on them and people have started to doubt them. There's going to be spotlight on this game. It's for the SEC East. This game certainly qualifies as a spotlight game. I think they show up here. They show the committee they should be number one. I think they pour it on late, and I'm going UGA 45, Missouri 20. Have you have you seen any of the numbers they've had under Kirby Smart in the month of November? I have not. Dating back to 2020, and I'm not going to like I'm not going to include Florida because that's usually the play the week before. They've only had, I'm looking at it right now, they've had two, or I'm sorry, in the last three years, three plus years, they've had one game that's been by, decided by less than 10 points. Jeez. You know, um, this is a perfect spot. It's a perfect spot. Uh, the Rangers, by the way, just took a 1-0 lead in the, in the sixth. 
Um, okay. But this is a perfect spot for Georgia. I love that Mizzou's coming off a bye. Uh, I love the fact that Luther Burden and, and, and that offense have been great. I'll say it because it's Saturday Football Uncensored, and I can say whatever I want, and it's our show. There's not a fucking white running back in the country that's going to go into Athens, Georgia, and beat Georgia. So you can you can hold the Cody Schrader talk. We'll take that off. If the you table. got a problem with that, I don't care. <laughs> Let me tell you something right now, Tyler. Um, I doubted the dogs last week. Doubt the dogs. Doubt a Kirby. Why I'm here. I saw you bought Creed tickets, by the way. I did not, in case my girlfriend's listening, because those were bought for me. Um, You did post it on Twitter, though, so. Well, I told her they were a gift. She doesn't listen to the podcast, so we're fine. Right. Um, They're also, like, for next July. It's going to be sick. I can't fucking wait. They're good seats, too. I'm fired. Dude, like, you can get... <laughs> Real quick... Like Georgia fans, just bear with me for a second. Creed Creed announced their say their their North American tour on Monday, the day after we did the song about Georgia and to the Creed song. You know that there's an option, Tyler. There's an option for front row tickets or like up close tickets and meet and greet that are over nine hundred dollars a piece. They're sold out for Greenville. <laughs> like, dude, <laughs> the last. <laughs> it's, it's 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 something i'll say that um anyway so back to this game i listen my best friend jeff colby big mizzou guy um i love mizzou i think they are so overlooked and so shit on for no reason that makes me so frustrated and mad because I said it last week i said it as a compliment they're the creed or nickelback of the sec people hate them for no reason they tell you all the time why they're not any good and it's kind of stupid. It's just kind of stupid because they're a really good team um, this year, especially. I love the fact that Luther Burden has put up numbers everywhere he's gone. Um, I said it as a joke the other day. I'll say it again. I don't care how it sounds. Wrap that kid in bubble wrap, man. Because top receivers like this going into Georgia defense, like I, I, from, purely from a, a superstitious standpoint, something seems to always happen. I I really think this is a game that Georgia is too physical to lose. And there's a reason why Vegas has this as a 15 and a half point spread. You look at what LSU Bama is. It's a four point game versus this game, which is like as important. There's a, there's as much riding on it at 15 points. I just think that what we're going to see is we're going to see a very good Mizzou team. And the, the, the thing I said a couple weeks ago is like how Mizzou doesn't get enough credit and no matter who they beat and blah, blah, blah. This is going to be a game that Georgia will not get enough credit for what they're about to do to Mizzou. And I've seen Mizzou's defense um, not great at times. Like you saw how much they struggled against LSU. LSU played like crap in the first couple couple uh, quarters of that. Now you look at what Georgia did <laughs> when they're on. I they're a boa constrictor, man. You can't make a fucking mistake. And I think that at some point Brady Cook is going. We don't see quarterbacks like Brady Cook who are really good. He's really good this year. Do you think he's going to leave Athens without, without an interception? Because I don't. No. I, I just don't at all. Um, I want to pick Mizzou because I, I do love Mizzou. I love all the fans. I, I love everything about that school, man. I really, I really, really do. But I just think that we're at this point now in November where Georgia starts to get this thing fucking rolling. And they, they go into these games and they tell you, 
It's like, oh, you know, like, you know, we're, we're not focused on what the committee's saying. Fuck that. There's no, like, Kirby brought it up in his, in his press conference last week about, about how Dan Mullen picked him to lose. If you don't think Kirby has this team focused on the fact that they're ranked number two right now, or they barely beat this team, there's not a game on the schedule that Georgia, I think, will, will overlook less than this game. And I think Georgia wins. I think they win big. I think Georgia wins 38 to 13. Ooh. 38. Certainly. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the end of the show. Uh, It was. Sorry. It's okay. No. 45 to 20. That's stupid. All right. Take us out. Right, seeing the show. As always, we really appreciate you all listening to the show. It would really help us in the growth of the show if you would rate us five stars on Apple and Spotify. Leave us a review. We'll read the best ones on air and like and subscribe to our YouTube page. Leave a message. Call the hotline this weekend, 770-674-8233. We've really enjoyed this segment of the program. I think most of our fans do as well. So yeah. leave us a voicemail. I'm sure there'll be a lot of happy SEC fans, happy Pac-12 fans this weekend, Big 12 fans. I hope our Oklahoma fan calls back. 770-674-8233. Don't forget hey, to check this out. And real quick, we encourage everyone to call. But I will also tell you, if you find it in yourself to call and then bring up the fact that I was upset two years ago about my engagement being broken off, that's a pretty reasonable thing to be upset about. So Sharon, Karen, Brenda, Glenda, whatever your fucking name was, from the Florida game. I hope you're having a great week. But your instincts were right when you followed up and said, that kind of sounded a little bit mean. It was mean, and it was a bitch move to pull. So I hope you have a great day. Oh, oh she's a nice girl. I'm sure she is. Don't forget to check out the videos and clips from the <laughs> On Twitter, at Sat Down South. On Instagram and TikTok, at Saturday Down South. And on YouTube, Saturday Down South. For Chris, I'm Tyler. Good luck this weekend, and we will talk to you on Sunday night live on YouTube and Facebook, 8 Eastern Time.